say about integrity in Matthew chapter 5, verse 33 to 36. And so if you have found your way there, uh, or if you're on your way there, let me just give you a working definition here of what integrity is. Integrity is keeping your word when a change in circumstances has made keeping your word difficult. Let me repeat that. Integrity means keeping your word when a change in circumstances has made it difficult to keep. The bit about changing circumstances is important because if nothing ever comes up, most of us are pretty good at keeping our word. Amen? Uh, it's when circumstances do change and when our emotions maybe have changed that we're tempted to flake out on our commitments, aren't we? We're tempted to say, well, I didn't know that this was going to happen. Uh, one of the great examples I've seen of this recently, uh, part, of, uh, part of the guys here at Chili Bible get together on Fridays, uh, beginning in the fall, for men's fraternity. And Robert Lewis is the guy who uh, is speaking on all of those teaching sessions that we have. And one of the stories he tells is specific to this issue. He says that, that uh, he had a, a good friend, a uh, college buddy that got out, um, became a Christian, uh, got a job where he made a, a significant amount of money uh, just right out of college, just was making money hand over fist. And Robert was, meanwhile, headed off to seminary. He and his uh, bride were not headed into a career where they were going to make a similar portion. And so uh, his buddy told him, well, when you head off to seminary, I will pay for your first year, which at the time was quite a bit cheaper than it is now. And he says, I will, God will give you $5,000 uh, toward that, and I'll pay your whole first year of tuition. Well, when he got out, when he got out west to where he was going to go to school, uh, Robert was getting ready to start, and uh, his buddy called him on the phone and said, Hey, Robert, I wanted to let you know I have lost my job. Circumstances have changed. And, uh, and he said, and Robert said, You know, the first thing out of my, in my mind was, Oh, no. I bet he is, is calling to ask me if it would be okay to not send me the check. And so he says, so I, I said to him, well, you know, don't worry about that. Don't worry about that because, you know, I understand circumstances have changed and you won't be able to send me any money and so forth. He goes, no, no, that's not what I was calling to tell you. I was calling to tell, tell you that I, I need you to pray for a new job, but I'm still sending you the money. And Robert then goes on to talk about the impact of a man whose circumstances has changed radically virtually overnight, but who still kept his word even where it was radically inconvenient to do so. That's integrity. Keeping your word even when changed circumstances have made keeping your word difficult. Amen? And Jesus, in these first, uh, first verse here, Matthew 5, 33, 
gives us the principle of integrity out of the Old Testament. He says, again, you've heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not swear falsely, but shall perform to the Lord what you have sworn. Under the terms of the Mosaic law, you have to keep every vow that you make in God's name. Uh, To break a vow, you swore using God's name as a form of bearing false witness, of breaking one of the Ten Commandments about you shall not bear false witness. And to make a promise in God's name and not keep it is to risk becoming a liar and bringing God's punishment down on your forked tongue. Amen? And according to Scripture... This command is true whether we're talking about the sort of lesser promises that we make when we make an appointment with someone or whether we're talking about marriage vows. Uh, If you make a promise and you attach God's name to it, then you had better be sure to keep it. And that is the fundamental principle. But because Jesus knows how slippery we can start to be at times, he goes on to clarify what the principle is of integrity looks like in practice. And he gives some clarification. Verse 34, But I say to you, do not take an oath at all, either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by the earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not take an oath by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. Let what you say be simply yes or no. Anything more than this comes from evil. Now, when I was a kid in school, we would make agreements with one another, right? And, you know, you, to, to reassure your friend that you were going to, to, uh, to actually do it, you would say, you know, I cross my heart, right? Or, or I swear on my mother's grave, or something, you know, equally elaborate, right? Or... You know, of course, if you watch the Dukes of Hazard as an 80s kid like I did, you know, they would spit and shake on all serious engravements, right? You know, which is gross, right? And it was reassurance that you were going to actually do what you said you were going to do. And now, of course, as a kid, what we would do would be this. If, we, if circumstances changed and we didn't want to keep our word, what we would say is, well, fingers crossed, big boy. And that was like King's X, let you out of everything, right? And another, another, uh, another variation of that was, well, yeah, but we never shook on it. And I never promised that I would. I just said I would. I never promised. Uh, and you know what? You know what those all have in common? The assumption that unless you give some sort of reassurance of truth, then you are free to lie. And Jesus, people in Jesus' days thought the same thing. And so they, what they did was, they didn't cross their fingers. What they said was, well, see, I, the law says promises you make before the Lord. Promises you make using the Lord's name. And that's really serious, and you better keep that. But, you know, if you swear by Jerusalem, or swear by heaven, or swear by the earth, or swear by the temple, or whatever, well, that's a lesser form. And so you really don't have to keep that, and you're really not violating the law if you don't do what you said you were going to do and promised that you would do, taking one of those things as the seal and guarantor of your promise. And what Jesus does is he slices and dices through a lot of baloney. 
And he cuts to the core of the issue and he says this, look, you need to do what you say. And he he says, look, uh, I'm not big on legalistic excuse making and wiggle room creation. Which is what they were all about. To use his words, this is what he says, "Let, let what you say simply be yes or no. Anything more than this comes from evil. In other words, here's what he's saying. Let me break it down for us. If we are the sort of person who does not keep his or her word, then we are liars who imitate the father of lies. That's what comes from evil means. That to make excuses and to fail to keep your word when you have given it is to imitate the father of lies. But if we are followers of Jesus, our word should be rock solid. We should keep our commitments even when keeping them has become difficult. Why? Two reasons. Number one, because keeping your word makes you an imitator of God and therefore pleases Him. Why are you an imitator of God if you keep your word? Because God always always, 100% of the time, keeps His Word and abides by His promises. It does not matter how many years have elapsed, how many circumstances have changed, God always keeps His Word to us. And as His children, we therefore ought also to always, 100% of the time, keep our Word. And the second reason I heard from uh, my brother's pastor, uh, the guy's name is Brian White, and he said, he said this, that integrity sold a piece at a time is not there when it's needed most. It's a good line. I burned that one into my brain. Integrity sold a piece at a time is not there when he needed most. And what he means is this, that when you have a habit of making subtle compromises and hypocrisies and dishonesties about your word, then eventually you become an untrustworthy person. And at that point, no one will believe you or rely on you for anything because you have proven yourself to be dishonest and untrustworthy. And the sort of person who will not keep his or her word. And, when, and that's, that's fine as long as nothing goes wrong in your life. But when you really need someone to be there, they will not be there because you have sold your integrity off. And Jesus' teaching on this, by the way, applies to every area of life. Imagine what it would be like to work for or to do business with a company that took this seriously. That didn't need to keep coming out with new policies on stuff. That we're just going to keep our word. We gave you a promise and it's good from now until doomsday. 
and we promised you this as your, as an employee, you're going to get exactly that. We're not going to renegotiate. Uh, if you are a person who uh, has, let's say, volunteered for a ministry here at church, you need to keep your word. You need to commit to serving faithfully and joyfully in that ministry all the way to the end of your commitment. Amen? People need to be able to rely on you to do what you said you would do. If you get married, you stand before God, and this is one that is really serious, because you invoke God's name. And the scripture says, God will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. You are not to take the Lord's name in vain, right? That's one of the biggies, right? Say yes. Yeah, that's one of the biggies. You stand up before God and you promise, I will love, honor, and cherish in sickness and in health, in wealth and in want, uh, for better, for worse, to keep myself only for you until death parts us. Integrity means Keep that one all the way to the end till one of you is dead or you are called home to glory, whichever comes first. If you're a parent, you do what you tell your, your kids you will do every single time. I paid some tuition on that one. I made a promise at one point to one of my sons and didn't do it. And he called me out as he was right to do. And said, Dad, you said that we would X and X and X. And I went, Son, I am sorry. Let's go. Don't do that now. You've got to keep your word every single time. You said you would be there, be there. You said you would do something, do it. Here are a couple other practical considerations here as I conclude. Number one, think before you speak. I had to learn that proverb. I like to talk. You all know that. Don't apologize for that. That's just who I am, okay? But the proverb says, where words are many, sin is not absent. And so think before you speak. A lot of times the mouth runs before the mind. Think before you speak. And when somebody asks you to do something, don't commit right away. Give yourself time to think that through and how that would work and how that might impact your family. And think through the implications of what you're agreeing to before you say yes. Take time to pray about it and actually ask the Lord what He thinks of what you're about to say yes to. And then when you commit, make sure you actually deliver on what you said you would do. Uh, number two, never agree to take on something over the top of another commitment. In other words, I know I've got an appointment at 11. I'll break that to take this one. Don't do that. Even small commitments matter to the person that you've originally committed yourself to. Keep your word. Be reliable. Don't always be the person who's calling to reschedule. 
Your commitment matters. Number three, never commit unless you are willing to do whatever is necessary to make it happen. Don't commit unless you're willing to do whatever is necessary to make it happen. Now, there are exceptions, right? Some circumstances do change, and they are a crisis. You know, um, I'm dead. I'm in the hospital. Okay. Um, you know, someone close to me uh, passed away or went into the hospital, and I've got to go see them, etc. There are exceptions to this. But those are rare. And everybody understands that kind of a situation. That's a crisis, right? But nevertheless... Don't commit to something unless you're willing to do what's necessary to do it. Last, once you're committed, once you've opened your mouth and said, yes, then do what you say you're going to do all the way to the end of that commitment. Right? Anything other than that comes from Jesus. Let's pray. God, our Heavenly Father, this is some hard-hitting, right stuff. This is a spiritual feast that we have been given. One which challenges us, some of us, down to the core of who we are. To be truthful and to not have our actions undermine the truth of what we say with our mouth. Father, we pray that we would be these kind of people, people who are trustworthy, people who are reliable, people who when they make commitments, those commitments are ironclad and rock solid. And you can take them to the bank, just like we can take your promises, Father, to the bank and always rely on what you have told us and be willing to be held to account for what we have said. And Father, where we have fallen down and failed in this area, we pray for your forgiveness. We pray that you would help us to renew a commitment to integrity and a walking with you in holiness and truth. Father, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.